And welcome back to the Statesman Podcast. I am Albert, and I'm joined by my co-host. I'm Ryan. Hello, Ryan. How are you today? I'm all right. How are you? I'm adequate, Ryan. Oh, it's good to hear. As you know, I've turned 30, and Mm -hmm. that means I'm officially an adult. No more hijinks or shenanigans here on the Statesman Podcast. No more dynamics in your voice. I will be monotone as... Heck. I don't think we can do that. I'm already very monotone. You're right. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm never growing up, bitches. Alexa, stop. It's listening. He was kidding. There's no Google Home here. <laughs> when I talked. She got mad. <laughs> yeah, I should have gotten that one because, uh, yeah, my both my Google Homes that I had just eventually like died over the course of like two years. Sweet intro material. Uh. The Statesman Podcast. Welcome back to the Statesman Podcast. I'm Albert. I'm Ryan. How's it going, Ryan? It's good. You've been out of the game for so long, but as soon as we start this podcast, your years in radio just come right back to you. I know. I <laughs> you just become, you know, people back to bare toe. People pointed that out too. Um, <laughs> I'm trying not to fall back into the, that bare toe persona I had on here, but yeah, I think once I get in front of a mic, I can't help it. Back so. on my shit again. Back on my shit again. <laughs> well. No more of that. It's back to just good old <laughs> yeah. Albert. You're 30 now, so I am. You're uh, biologically limited from being able to have that much excitement in your voice these days. You old bastard. I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm 30. Yeah. Damn. Well, hey, with your 30s comes confidence. What? And uh, yeah, but I always hear that like 30s are awesome because like. In your 20s, you have like no confidence, but when you're 30, you're just like, whatever, I don't care. I, I have been feeling more like <laughs> nonchalant and just carefree the last couple of years. So yeah, I think I've finally ascended. And I've always heard that your 30s are basically the same as your 20s um, up until you have the injury. I'm never having the injury. That's what they all say. Or maybe I already had the injury. No, you'd know if you, you'll know when you get the injury. Things, I don't, things change once you get the injury. I don't want the injury. None of us do, but it happens. Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. yeah no el- more elder statesman Albert. No more fun. Here. 30. That means I got to start paying taxes. What? What? <laughs> oh, no. Wait, what? I, I don't feel safe suddenly here in Statesman <laughs> Studio 3.0. Someone's going to show up with a warrant. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> By the way, we're at Albert's place now. Yeah. Because it's icy. Yeah, it is. And uh, I'm an expert ice navigator. I got the Iowa in my blood. Yeah, you're so more I used to this cold than... I've still not acclimated in like 20 years of living here. <laughs> yeah, I'm still hanging on to the Iowa climate. You still get that Iowa blood in you. Oh, yeah uh <laughs> corn runs deep <laughs> <laughs> um uh i was gonna say something but i don't know what so hey what are we what are we uh, talking about for my 30th well uh as you know we're depending on when we upload this we're either kicking off or we're about to kick off black history month oh yeah so i just wanted to discuss some black history oh hell yeah for this good. episode because uh yeah, it's pretty important in the grand scheme of things in America. Yeah. And so uh, I lost my train of thought. Black History Month, important for America. Yeah. So I get, oh yeah, also uh, last week we yeah. talked about Connecticut 
And so uh, this is a pretty significant um, Connecticut adjacent uh, piece of history that we're talking about today. So let's uh, let's break into it. What do you know about the transatlantic uh, slave trade? I f- okay, so I know. I don't know. It's I, I like I'm scared to answer because I think I might know what it is. It wasn't it when we started it or not. We again, I don't know why I keep saying we my ancestors are not from here. <laughs> they. Isn't that when they just started going over to Africa and just like kidnapping and bringing them over? Pretty much. Yeah. Um, How's that a trade? What are they trading? Uh, I don't know. Human lives for money. Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, from uh, the 16th to the 19th century, approximately 12 million Africans were shipped across the ocean to be used as slaves in the blossoming, blossoming new world of America. The Americas, actually, South America and North America were uh, big on using slaves. Um, the use of slaves was considered crucial in transforming the uh, rugged natural world into the utopia that European settlers had in mind for the region. Um, so Europeans saw the settlement of the New World as a power struggle because they were fighting over land. Land pretty much equates to power, especially back then. Gotcha. Uh, and so if slaves would give them the edge that they need against the competition, uh, nobody was above using them. And so if you're Spain and you're like, oh, Portugal just shipped in 15,000 slaves and their, uh, I don't know, tobacco industry is booming because of it. We can't let them beat us. We got to get some slaves of our own. So, uh, yeah, the whole it just kind of fed into itself. But it's messed up. And uh, I don't I don't mean to get ahead of you if this is something you're going to talk about, but what I, I guess, why were they like mm, Africa? Yeah, we're going to take them. What was um, I think it was just it's uh, a good question. It's probably just availability. Um, Africa in relation to the uh, all these countries that were using slave slaves uh, in the new world. Africa was probably just convenient um jesus so it was, it was literally just a luck of the draw or unluck of the draw i guess yeah i mean the new ships that they were able to develop around the 15th century um were allowing allowing them to really get in there and explore africa and also go to the new world so they get in touch with i mean a bigger population of africans than they've probably ever been around before if you're a rich white european settler you're going to see them as like the other Um, and they were probably just less, uh, I don't know. They just saw them as less human, uh, easier to exploit. Jesus. Oh my God. But at the same time, um, within Africa, catching people to sell into slavery was a big trade. Um, you hear this a lot from like slavery apologists. They say it was all the bad Africans that got caught. They got shipped to America. Um, they were caught by like their own people in Africa and sold into slavery Uh, and there's some truth to that but they weren't rounding up like no you're a criminal you committed this crime so you're going to be sold into slavery it was it it was an industry there especially once europeans started forking over money for them uh you're like a big african tribe and you have rivals in the area you're gonna be encouraged to ramp up like your 
just war on this other tribe and try and capture as many of them as you can to sell into slavery. And so, again, that's another aspect where it kind of fed into itself. Hold up. Wait. So they were. okay. so tribe A, tribe B, tribe Mm -hmm. A captures people from tribe B and are like, sweet. Now we can sell them for money to help like fight tribe B. Yeah. So not even for money to fight tribe B, just for money, just to get them out of there, just as a means of income. Uh Oh, so they were. Oh, my God. They were selling out their own. Not their own. I mean, other Africans, but like it was divided into different tribes. So that would be like if. Oh, my God, I shouldn't have laughed. But I was just thinking if like Texas and Oklahoma fought and then Texans would sell Oklahomans. Yeah. But like even if like let's say they're not even fighting or like there's not that much animosity between them. Mm hmm. But these other people show up out of the blue and they're like, hey, we need to buy human beings to uh, force to work in this new land development that we got going on. You'd be like, oh, well, there's some dirty Oklahomans up that way. We could go catch them and sell them to you. So. So it's bad all around. Pretty much. Yeah. But God, uh, I was going to talk about this later, but while we're on the subject, Mm. a lot of people excuse slavery because they say like, oh, it was the bad Africans that got caught. It was the people that they didn't even want in Africa that they sold. But no, that's not true because there was an industry that was encouraged by the uh, slave economy. Um, So a lot of very innocent people got sold into slavery. Yeah. I like in in a situation like that, of course, there are going to be once you slip through who were criminals but when you're taking so many in mass yeah there's gonna be a lot of variables as who's getting taken yeah and even if there are criminals who make it through like people who uh i don't know could be rationalized like deserve slavery or something which couldn't be rationalized but no <laughs> even if it was like a terrible murderer who got forced into slavery he's it wasn't uncommon for them to have kids who were also born into slavery forever. It was oh, a generational thing. So, yeah. And that's the other part. It's like rationalize all you want, you moron. But you can't rationalize the fact that, yeah, once you were put in that world or open up that line, there's no stopping that. Yeah. Like it's just going to expand exponentially. Yep. Which it did. Oh, my God. So the Portuguese were the first to participate in the transatlantic slave trade. When in 1526, they brought the first shipment, the first shipment of African slaves to Brazil. Uh, They were soon followed by Britain, Spain, France, the Netherlands and Denmark. Uh, Slaves were often shipped in extremely tight quarters on the bottom decks of ships uh, where they were chained up, laying down in a laying down position, shoulder to shoulder for the entire voyage. What the fuck? So, yeah. Have you ever seen a diagram of a slave ship? Like, it's just, you know what I have? I do remember surprisingly, I think I saw them in school. Yeah, that's where a lot of people see them. But yeah, you're pretty much stacked in the way that's the most, I don't know, just able to save the most space and just cram as many people in there as possible. And they're chained down. They're not able to move at all. What the? F- so I don't under a lot of them died on the voyage. Well, OK, I guess I got two things. So uh, <laughs> weren't there like uh People who would try and jump, just jump off and they're like, I'd rather die and just straight jumped in the ocean. Yeah. If they were able to get loose, I'm sure. And then, uh, but the norm was for them to be chained up in the lower deck of these ships. And then I was just also going to say like, how, 
I mean, I guess, I mean, you know, you have an ignorant bigot's mind like that. I guess they have some way they can justify it. I don't understand how you look at another human being, that many human beings and are like, yep, get in their cargo. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure in their mind, they rationalize it to their self. It's like, oh, these are the worst of the worst. They sold us these criminals. Uh, but also things aren't going to get done without these guys. So, yeah. And like, don't get me wrong. If you're a criminal and you get punishment, like, yeah, I, you know, do, can't do the crime, don't do the time, whatever. This is not that at all. This is so fucking in, like, inhuman. Yeah. To do, to, oh my, oh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I didn't know that Portuguese was, I mean, they were like number one in really? the slave trade, like, even above America. Portuguese was, they were killing the game when it came to trading human beings. Jesus. Um, which for Portugal, a lot of Portugal was built on slave labor from uh, Africa, which looking at the current demographics of Portugal, it makes sense. Um, a lot of like whenever I see videos or something from Portugal, it's easy to see that a lot of the people there, the current uh, population is either descended from like Aboriginal people or uh, Africans. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. You see a lot of that. I mean, even you, you don't see a lot of people who look Portuguese in, Port- in uh, <laughs> Brazil. Was I saying Portugal? I meant Brazil. That whole oh, time. okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you see a lot of that and it's, it's all over. Cause even in like with my bloodline, there's a lot of Spaniard in me, even though I'm not Spanish and was not. Now, where, where do you think that came from? Hmm. Probably not a good story. It's, from, it's not. That's what not, I'm saying. Not so a happy it was, story. It was just when you were saying that like people from Brazil look like Portuguese yeah. and not Brazilian. And that's why I think there I have certain features that look more Spaniard, even though my family's from Mexico and El Salvador. <laughs> well, but anyway, it's a bad history. History uh, sucks, man. So let's see. So uh, these slaves, these prisoners were used for a lot of applications in the new world. Um, a lot of farming. They were forced to farm plantations for coffee, tobacco, sugar, rice, cocoa, and cotton. Cotton was a big thing, especially in America. Um, they, they were also used to work in silver and gold mines, uh, construction, logging, or domestic servitude. So the applications are endless when you're forcing people to do whatever you need them to. I, this is, I guess, kind of off topic, and I'm not even sure if you know the answer, but what what made gold so valuable? Why was that a huge thing? It was, it's pretty. Is that really it? Yeah, that's it. Um, it just looks... And that's what we base our currency off of? Is a pretty rock? Yeah. I mean, yeah. At, at the end of the day, we just assign value based on, like, nothing. Uh, like, our and all of our currency is backed, allegedly, by... Is it? Maybe not anymore. For a long time, our currency was backed by gold just because like thousands and thousands of years ago, we were like, hey, this stuff is pretty. It looks good in jewelry. Valuable. Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's we'll talk about more on that if we ever when we talk about the gold rush inevitably. Yeah. What was the city in that, that was like supposed to be in Mexico or somewhere in South America? That was El Dorado. El Dorado. Is that like the golden the city they're gold. looking for? Yeah. We should talk about that sometime. Ooh. <laughs> so slaves were originally considered indentured servants. So like if you're a 
early like 16th century slave, you're considered on the same level as someone who like comes over from England and is, is working for someone to pay off their debt for the voyage. But by the 17th century, it was exclusively race-based. So on June 28th, 1839, Captain Ramon Ferrer left the small port of Guanaja in Cuba on his two-mast schooner, La Amistad. Have you ever heard that before? I did, I, none of those words sound familiar. La Amistad, all right. Well, La Amistad was loaded with some general cargo as well as 53 African slaves. Jeez. And it was bound for the Puerto Principe, modern day. That sounds familiar. Camagüey, Cuba. It was on its way there <laughs> to <laughs> unload its goods uh, to be sent to sugar plantations in the area. So the prisoners were going to be offloaded as slaves in Cuba. Hmm. Um, by this point, the Atlantic slave trade had been mostly outlawed by the major world superpowers. Uh, though Spain had not fully abol abolished slavery in any of its colonies. So the whole new world that Spain controls, it's no holds barred. You can have slaves. Jesus. I, I don't know. I just, <sighs> it's like, I know all this happened. Like we've, we've learned more or less most of, well, no, there's still a lot that we haven't learned about, but we know like slavery, like that's something we we're taught, but just hearing it in detail and kind of like everything that went down is so fucking depressing and <laughs> It's both infuriating and depressing at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, because Spain or because transatlantic slave trade was for the most part abolished, uh, La Amistad was lacking a purpose built slave quarters. So they didn't have like the below deck like shelving with chains that a lot of uh, slave trade ships in like the heyday had. Hmm. Um, and so the prisoners were kept on the deck of the ship. Half of them were just kept above deck and the other half were placed on the main hold of the ship below deck and they were chained up, but they were relatively free to move around. They weren't like shoulder to shoulder laying on little wooden cots. I guess that's a little better. Yeah. So during the voyage, uh, the ship's cook jokingly told the prisoners that once they arrived to their destination they were going to be killed salted and cooked what the fuck so this didn't sit well with the prisoners um the ones who were able to understand the sentiment um but uh, it wouldn't sit well with me either i was gonna say <laughs> cannibalism honest. honestly doesn't really uh <laughs> sit well with most normal people i would think yeah so what would you do if you're chained up on this boat <laughs> And someone's like, yeah, once we get to where we're going, we're going to eat you. I'm going to spend as much time as I can trying to get out. That's the spirit. And then when I can't, I'm going to figure out the fastest way to unalive myself. Nice. Because there's no fucking way. <laughs> uh, well, what would you do? Um, Probably cry. Well, yeah, I thought that was implied. <laughs> like, that's where I start. And then, then we go from there. Um, And then sleep. And then once I wake up, I would probably cry some more. Uh, and hope that somebody else can figure out a good plan. <laughs> <laughs> you're over there crying, watching, just watching me. Ah, ah, and you're just like, man, ah, I really ah, hope he gets it. <laughs> like, good on him. You hope wake up and it. you see me quiet and you're like, 
Well, I guess that's it then. Well, <laughs> guess I'm gonna get eight. <laughs> but, all right. Well, so uh, some of the prisoners on board the ship reacted kind of how you would. Um, on the third day of the voyage, uh, a prisoner by the name of Sengbei Pia unshackled himself and several others below deck using a rusty file. Oh, what a so, hell yeah. Yeah. Clutch. Good job. Sengbei. Uh, once they were free, several prisoners came up from below deck armed with cane knives, which are basically just big machetes. Oh, sick. that's what you use to harvest sugar cane. Um, and they did what that they did what they had to yabba dabba do. <laughs> did they just fucking slaughter them all? Oh yeah. What the the captured slaughtered the slave traders. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. So uh, hell yeah, yeah. They successfully led a revolt and took control of La Amistad. Uh, during the revolt, the captain and several crew members, including the cook, <laughs> were killed. So yeah. Well, shouldn't have been a cook on a slave I, ship. Maybe I shouldn't have told them that we were going to eat them once we get to where we're going. So wait, <laughs> were they kidding about that? Oh yeah, yeah. They're not going to. Oh. Eat. They're not going to eat someone that would be a perfectly good slave. Oh, Jesus. On a plantation. <laughs> and there, my that would be a huge waste of money. I do so. like that. It's it's kind of ironic that by saying that gave them the motivation to be like, all right, there's no fucking way in hell we're making it here. Yeah. Like imagine now you're the cook and you see these prisoners coming at you with these terrifying cane knives. They're not they're scary looking tools. There's, yeah, you're just like in the hands of very desperate men. Yeah, just hmm. <laughs> you're like, well, I guess that's well. <laughs> probably shouldn't have told him that. <laughs> that is, that's sweet karmic justice oh, right yeah. there. I hope they got him good. I hope they gave him a good one when uh, they found him. But I couldn't find any details on how they killed him. Use your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's see, three per. Uh, Unfortunately, three prisoners died during the fight, but three out of 53 is not bad. Yeah, that's um, a pretty good ratio. Yeah, <laughs> not a bad ratio. Good KD right there. <laughs> uh, so the ship was now under control of Sengbei Pia, who uh, ordered two of the surviving crew members to navigate them back to Africa. Uh, one of them was the navigator. I believe the other one was the owner of the ship. Hmm. Um. But the navigator, Pedro Montez, actually piloted the ship north along the coast of North America. Oh, God damn it. Yeah, you hate to see it. <laughs> but as one of these prisoners, you just have to be like, I sure hope he's taking me back to Africa. It's getting mighty cold on this. Yeah, boat. I guess you wouldn't. They wouldn't have no way of like making sure they're going the right way. Huh? No, they couldn't even speak. They couldn't even really understand each other. Um, Holy shit. Yeah, there was a bad language barrier dude how much oh my god i'm just trying to oh i just thought about like thinking oh we did it we're free like we're heading back huh who are all these white people yeah <laughs> these don't look like africans oh, oh no oh god that sounds like that sounds like a horror movie yeah that sounds like like, an, like a, a, a hostile movie it like does. oh we made it oh god no we didn't yeah really as long as you uh <laughs> I mean, they they had no way of knowing this, but I would not want to land in the South. It would be a bad time to come to shore in the South. Yeah. But on August 21st, uh, over a full month after the revolt, La Amistad eventually reached the eastern tip of Long Island, New York. 
and several pilot boats made contact with La Amistad and one, the Blossom, attached itself via rope and resupplied the men with food and water. So that's good. Um, Wait. Wait, what? So pilot ships are just like smaller vessels that come off of like big ships Mm -hmm. um, to like make contact with other ships. And so as La Amistad is going up the North American coast, they get to like the New York Long Island area and American ships start to like take notice of them. Um, And this one, the Blossom, makes contact, uh, attaches a rope, resupplies them. It's good at first, but oh, oh, okay. So they, so were the prisoners able to like get some of those supplies? Yeah, I mean they're they're running things. Okay, so that that's who they resupplied. Did they know that's who they were resupplying? Like, did they know the ship was taken over? I don't think. I mean, it's at some point they figured it out because uh, while they were attached via rope, uh, several men from La Amistad tried to board the Blossom. And at that point, the Blossom were like, no, 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 no stay over there, and they cut rope and detached oh, okay okay I, w- I was confused as to whether like they the blossom was trying to help these prisoners yeah or- they were they were resupplying them like i mean i'm sure at this point uh la amistad was in bad shape um i'm sure everyone's like malnourished at this point because it was supposed to be like a four-day voyage mm-hmm. they've been on the ocean for like a month and a half okay so they didn't know it was they there was a mutiny but they were still being like, all right, these people still need to eat. Yeah, because there's, gotcha, no, gotcha, like, gotcha, gotcha. there's no communications. Uh, they're not going to be like showing flags to communicate with other ships. Oh, okay, there's no okay. radio. So you just kind of roll up in your other ship and like, I would imagine the vibe was fucked. <laughs> like the vibe was probably very off when like, they were giving these guys food and water. Want some cheese? These don't look like any sailors I've ever seen. They got those big machetes. Okay, so yeah, I was getting excited because I thought they were like, hey, we're going to help you guys resupply and head back home no (laughs) got it okay damn it not even a little bit so uh yeah the blossom the vibes were fucked so the blossom uh cut rope and they fled away from the la amistad and they alerted several other boats in the area that there was a slave ship about which by the way we're also in the north so you don't really see slave ships i think uh the blossom like put two and two together and they were like those are definitely slaves gotcha or people uh, who were meant to be slaves eventually. And okay, sorry, remind me again what year this was? Uh, 1839. Okay, okay. So leading up to the Civil War. Gotcha. So a few days later, uh, two days later, another pilot boat from the U.S. ship The Gratitude uh, tried to make contact with La Amistad. And they wanted to put a pilot aboard. Um, so not like a captain, just like someone who really knew how to pilot the boat because mm-hmm. they're going off of like a navigator and that's pretty much it. Right. So they wanted to put like a good pilot aboard who could bring him in. Uh, the men of La Amistad, once they realize that's what they were trying to do, they open fire on the pilot ship of the Gratitude. Oh, yeah. They shot they shot the ship quite a bit, but no one was hit. And so they got out of there. They fled. Wow. So a few days later, again. It is now August 26, 1839. La Amistad was discovered by the naval brig, the USS Washington. So it's getting serious. Like the U.S. military is catching wind of this now. And they were taken into custody. Um, This is like an actual big military vessel. So they didn't have any problem grabbing this ship. Hmm. 
And uh, sorry, which ship is the one that is capturing the Amistad now? That is the USS Washington. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, a lot of ships keep track of during this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the main ones, the main one is the Amistad. Yeah. Um, but we're done with boats now because we're captured. Uh, the crew was incarcerated. So the, uh, the prisoners were all incarcerated in New Haven, Connecticut. Hey, New Haven. We talked about that. And charged with murder and piracy. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, and to make things worse, none of the 43 men left aboard the ship spoke English. Oh, my God. So I don't even think the original Spanish crew knew any English. So. Oh, so you, they just literally couldn't communicate with anybody. No on one knows what's going on. <laughs> no one has any idea. You're just going off of the vibes. You're like, this is weird. This doesn't look normal. So a translator had to be located before authorities could figure out what happened. Uh, and once that happened, once the story started to get out, a Spanish foreign Spanish foreign minister demanded that the ship be returned to Spain and all of the prisoners returned to Cuba for punishment by Spanish authorities. So Spain is pissed. They're like, give us our humans back and we're going to teach them right from wrong. In Cuba. Why, wait, why did, the, why did the Spaniards send him to Cuba? Uh, let's see. It was, I mean, Cuba was a Spanish colony. Oh, okay, okay. And so that's where they were trying to get the new world going. So they needed slaves to make it happen. Got it. Okay. So there's a lot to keep track of in this one. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to. No, no, you're good. I, I think I might start taking notes or something. Yes. Yeah. Just know at this point, the uh, these prisoners who were meant to be slaves in Cuba they took over the ship mm -hmm. started heading north they thought they were going back to africa but they went north and they got caught by u.s authorities gotcha and the u.s at this point is like uh i don't know i don't know what to do <laughs> what do we do with these guys <laughs> what the fuck because slavery is still happening in a lot of america most parts of america right, i would right. say so yeah spain demanded that they be returned so they could be punished uh president martin van buren was prepared to meet these demands he was like, all right, sounds good. Whatever, Spain. <laughs> He's like, not my pig, not my farm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but then Secretary of State John Forsyth uh, sat down and explained to Van Buren that uh, an executive cannot interfere with judiciary matters by law. So he's like, we got to let the courts figure this out. Martin, Marty. So Morty, he, we got to let the courts figure it out, Morty. Whoa, Ryan, that was so good. You <laughs> should be the new voice of Rick and Morty. Uh, I don't want my name tarnished with that show. <laughs> it's not um, a good time. So, okay, the, you said it was the Supreme Judge? Uh, Secretary of State. Secretary of State. So he's what in charge fuck? of, like, affairs with other nations. And, and what he's like, name? John Forsyth. Okay. So and he's, he's just like, I don't think we should hand him over, Marty. <laughs> Why didn't he want to hand him over? Because the executive branch, the president, he can't interfere with oh, judiciary gotcha, matters. Gotcha. So you're saying he had the foresight to work within the law. He did. Well done. <laughs> Clever in your 30s. Uh, Ryan, it's okay. When you get to be my age, you, you start to sharp. Come on. <laughs> sharp as a whip. <laughs> this is not an episode. I should be making jokes like that, but I couldn't help it. We got to lighten it up somehow. The Amistad Committee was formed by several abolitionists in order to raise funds for the captives' defense in court. Uh, so, yeah, abolitionists, people that want to end slavery, they're immediately flocking to this. Like, Sweet. This is going to be a big deal someday. We got to make sure 
we get on the right side of it in history. Well, that makes it sound like they're opportunistic, but I mean, it's pretty clear what's going on. And abolitionists are like, we need to help these people. Uh, and also former U.S. President John Quincy Adams represented the prisoners in court. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I sound so shocked. I don't really know much about Adams. I just kind of assumed yeah. he was also ter- terrible. Pretty sure he was one of the founding fathers, uh, sixth president. And I don't know. I'd say this. Uh, he probably did some terrible things, but this uh, this isn't a bad redemption. Uh, defending forty three men who yeah. could potentially be put to death or slavery for pursuing their freedom. Nah, Spain's gonna kill him at oh, this point. Really? Yeah, Spain's gonna make an example out of him. So, Ugh. okay. Well, yeah. Shit. Go Quincy Adams. Yeah. So uh, a pretty long court case followed, in which the Spanish government claimed that the prisoners were born in Cuba therefore property of the spanish government uh they were very much not born in cuba uh they were captured in africa uh so the case eventually made its way up to the u.s supreme court which is a big deal um do you know much about the supreme court not as much as i should but more than i like yeah that just like if there's a big court case going on and like smaller courts can't settle it it just gets kicked up to like the most serious court in the country and but Okay, so nobody on this boat is from America. Has anything to do with America? How how are we how how's America getting involved in all this and sending it through courts and stuff cuz well, I guess it was like juris, jurisdiction a thing back then? Yeah. So how do we have how do they have any right to I mean, I guess it's good and we're trying to, you know, they're trying to fight for them, but hmm. it seems weird that America's getting so involved in this. Well, I mean, a big part of it is they know if they hand them over to Cuba that it's basically a death sentence for these slaves. And it's also 1840 at this point. And so the question of slavery is starting to get pretty big and okay. unignorable. Okay. And okay. <laughs> as soon as I asked it, I realized it sounded kind of weird. It's not that I'm against them doing it. I was just out of curiosity. I was like, it seemed, I mean, yeah, we it know. seemed out of character for America yeah. during this time, but I guess you're right. If it's getting closer to civil war era, it makes sense that there's yeah. more, at like abolitionists and people trying to fight for rights like that and stop these people from dying. So yeah, I was just wondering how or why they're involved at not saying it was bad. We're really, very clear. <laughs> it really could have swung either way. And, uh, we're pretty lucky that John Forsyth was able to step in and be like that and a back off Martin. It's a good thing. He had that Forsyth. Yes. <laughs> uh, so in, it made its way to the Supreme Court in 1841. The judges ruled that the prisoners had been captured and illegally transported, and they were therefore acting in self-defense when they took control of the ship. They were, they were, yeah, they were. They were subsequently set free. Oh, yeah, all <gasps> uh, there. I'm, I'm assuming there were 43 of them still at this point, unless one of them. Wait, 43. Them died. I yeah. there were 50. Well, uh, three died during the mutiny that right. cut them down to 50 and they were on the ocean for a month and a half and oh, it was supposed to be a few day voyage. Gotcha. So right. I'm forgot sh- about that part. Sure. They lost a few. Yeah. During then. Uh, so they were set free, but no aid was given to the freedmen by the U S government. Uh, they just took off their handcuffs and they were like, well, there you go. Knock yourself <laughs> out. Land of Liberty. Knock yourselves out. Not that. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at like too analytically, 
But I feel like it's kind of unfair to say the U.S. didn't help them when they kind of saved their lives. I mean, yeah, the U.S. government specifically didn't help them. But yeah, uh, their interference, I guess, is what stopped them from. Yeah, but that is kind of shitty to be like, all right, you're you're welcome. Yeah. Have fun. Bye. But also at the same time, they really didn't need a ton of help because in 1842, uh, 35 of them, including Sengbei Pia, who I need to look up what his other name was, because once he got to America, he changed his name. I think he wanted something more American to help him during the trial. Um, I'm just guessing that might have been John Adams input. But Quincy Bia changed his name to Joseph Cinque, Cinque, C-I-N-Q-U-E, once he uh, was in America for a while. So him and 34 other of the original prisoners were able to return back to Africa with funds raised by U.S. abolitionists. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so these private people in the U.S. were able to uh, put together some funds to send them back home. I feel like that's still kind of a thing you see today where, like, help like that won't come from big government or, like, big yeah. groups, but they're all, like, small, small privatized groups yeah. that will do something incredible like that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So in the long term... Oh, yeah. Once uh, once he got back to uh, Africa, Sengbe Pia slash Joseph Sinke, he just kind of disappeared. Um, I would, too. Yeah, he just, I would absolutely fucking disappear. Uh, someone said he went to he went further inland to become a traitor. But uh, I like to think he lived happily ever after after setting a precedent for slavery in the U.S. Yeah, no, if I had been captured, kidnapped, tried to be sold into slavery barely made it out alive i'm also going and hiding for the rest of my fucking life <laughs> yeah no one will ever find me again i'm going to delaware <laughs> good luck finding me fuckers <laughs> so uh, in the long term this whole incident created a lot of tension between the u.s britain and spain um which i could see why spain was probably pissed but they i, I think they well yeah slavery was uh, outlawed in the homeland like in spain itself so they couldn't have been that mad. Losers. Idiots. <laughs> Dinguses. Wrecked. Fucking bozos. You dorks. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the story of La Amistad was one of several events from this era of American history that lit the powder keg of abolitionism. The brave prisoners who fought for their freedom aboard La Amistad helped to bring the question of slavery to the forefront of the American consciousness. Good on you, La Amistad prisoners. Hmm. Um, so today, the Amistad Memorial stands in front of the New Haven City Hall and Courthouse in Connecticut, where the prisoners stood trial nearly 200 years ago. In New Orleans at Tulane University, the Amistad Research Center is devoted to research about slavery, civil rights, and abolitionism. Really? The, there's the, a, the end. <laughs> so there's a whole... Uh, like part of the university that's just researching like all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of cool. Keeping a record on history. Make sure we don't repeat it. Yeah, that's because and that's a scary thing, too, is like there are events like that where I feel like if you don't continue to research it and look into it, it's easy. Not easy, but it, the, the facts can get mis- misstrewed and stuff kind of just gets lost. Yeah. So that's I like that there's people keeping track of it, even though it's horrible and very depressing to think about and know it all happened. Like we need to have this in our minds. And like you said, so history doesn't repeat itself. 
Yeah. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. Having research centers and uh, books is a good way to commemorate history and not having statues <laughs> of the people who did this to these slaves and fought for slavery is also a good way to commemorate history yeah, by get, not having those statues. Get rid of those participation trophies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking losers. <laughs> Bozos down there in the those south. Blockheads. 1860 era south. Not today. They're starting to... There's almost no Confederate statues left in the South. Good. Yeah. They're, they're taking them all down. I, f- I feel like it took longer to get those statues up than the Confederacy lasted. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. The, all, all, pretty much all the statues were up longer than the Confederacy. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah. That is our first of uh, several topics we'll probably do for Black History Month. Yeah. There's... I was, I was about to say it, and before I said it, I got so sad, I was going to say there's a lot of uh, information to go through. There are, uh, there's a lot of topics we could talk about for this month, and that's horrible. Yeah, I mean, it has a happy ending. You know. Um, I mean, we started, my first thing that I read was that 12 million Africans were shipped across the ocean to be used as slaves, but I feel like the Amistad incident is a good uh, last nail in the coffin of the transatlantic slave trade. Oh, okay. So that it ended with that. I mean, it was pretty much over at that point. Um, Spain was pretty much the last people doing it. Gotcha. Uh, Because, yeah, for the last like decade or so of slavery in the U.S., it was like generational slaves, um, new slaves that were born in America. Um, gotcha okay yeah. okay okay because even at this point america had criminalized the slave trade so they're just kind of okay i guess i never put two and two together that there was because like i knew slaves were brought over and then i knew america had slaves and i guess i didn't realize there was the disconnect between new slaves coming in and then generational ones yep so okay that kind of sets more things into perspective yeah and uh kind of off topic but that's why uh the term black in america has so much meaning um because they don't know their history all they know is that they're black um they have most a lot of black people living in the u.s today who were descended from slaves just their history was stolen from them they have no idea what part of africa they're from what tribe they may have been associated with and so speaking of that first of all that's so fucked up yeah and also it's uh i've I had a, or we had a friend, uh, shout out to Aaliyah. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't have said her first name cause I'm about to say her last name, but friend, friend of the show, Aaliyah. Yeah. She, uh, her last name's Covington and I never thought about it until she brought it up and she was like, yeah, that's, that's my slave name. And I was like, what? And I, and then I was like, oh yeah, your ancestors would have begin the name of your slavers are their their her ancestors would have been given the name of their slavers and so that last name was actually the name of the slave trade or the slavers that had them and yeah. i was like i can't fucking imagine going through life and knowing like your last name is evil as fuck yeah that's why uh, a lot of uh black people in the u.s have the last name freeman because they were granted their free their freedom and they were like well i don't know your last name freeman like Django. Is his last name Freeman? That's what they call him. Like after oh, the yeah. doctor hangs out with him or frees him. Yep. Jesus. But yeah, that uh, that's why uh, black pride in America is cool. And uh, white pride 
probably shouldn't tell people if you have if you're proud of being white keep that to yourself well i heard somebody explain it in a really good way where they're like it's not that you should be it's not that you're not allowed to be proud about being white but like just think about something before you say it because when you say black power black pride it's you know it's about overcoming uh you know being put in shitty situations and still like uh prospering whereas when you the history behind saying black power black pride means one thing the history behind saying white power white pride just just think about the history of what that means yeah that's why it's not so cool to say it's not that you should be ashamed of being white but just think about the way you phrase certain things because to say white power there's nothing good behind that phrase yeah i mean the phrase white pride and white power didn't exist until before black pride and black power did it was they were created as a direct reactionary response to that movement um but also be proud of being irish be proud of being yeah italian uh black people don't have that they can't be proud or a lot of slave descendants can't be proud to be ugandan or uh whatever other region there was a lot of west africa i'm not sure exactly what countries it would have been from but uh yeah they don't have that so that's all they do have and i've never really thought about that of like you're right they don't have the access or the information to their history or their where they came from they they don't know there's just it was robbed from them. there's nothing to hold on to that's oh my i never thought about that actually yep that's fucking horrible (laughs) uh so yeah stay tuned for more uh historic black stories as we go about black history month interesting probably do another state next week but then uh hopefully we'll have a good uh black adjacent special episode that we can do off of uh the state we're doing next week nice well thank you ryan that was a very informative one actually oh yeah there's also a movie that i remember watching in 11th grade it's (laughs) just called la amistad if you want to check out more of that story Hmm. that'd be cool i actually might look into that yeah anyway go it on. does sound like it would make a really cool like movie or something it was it wasn't bad for a movie that we watched in school yeah i mean it's a school movie they're never <laughs> it's never gonna be like a spielberg production movie yeah i mean you get forrest gump once you get later into high school but nothing you watched forrest gump in school dude yeah like three times throughout my whole school career really probably. u.s history we definitely watched it but there's there's boobies in it well we're we're 17 we're 18 <laughs> We're like, we're trying to prove that we're old enough to handle that kind of thing. <laughs> we're not. I mean, not now, but <laughs> when you're a high schooler about to be an adult, you want to be like, whatever, I'm unfazed by the boobs. <laughs> uh, but now that you're 30, you're like, <laughs> boobs. <laughs> I, I, I started cracking up last week when you mentioned Thomas Hooker. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that was that was a lot. But. That was really good information, actually. Yeah, that was really cool. I don't think I knew that much. I know I'd heard of the Amstead. I didn't realize how deep it went or like how fucking crazy it got. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Wow. This is a lot to process. <laughs> that, was a, that was a lot. <laughs> well, you can uh, think it all over while we play Outer Wilds. Yeah, we're, we're going to set that up and play. Um, thanks for listening. As always, uh, please rate us and uh, share our podcast on Spotify. If you're a huge fan, follow us on social media, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, just all under the Statesman podcast. Uh, oh, Ryan. Yes. I want to tell you this before we signed off today. So I have been playing a lot of Call of Duty. Yeah, you have. <laughs> 
a lot. It's an understatement. <laughs> Go um, outside. No, it's cold. <laughs> um, I met two very, I met this couple from North Wales on Call of Duty. Huh. And, you know, we got to talking. And of course, the topic of the podcast came up. It was like two days later. And Mike, uh, who I was talking to, he goes, he, he just started leaking little things. Like he'd bring up milk and stuff like that. So I'm like, wait, what? And he goes, yeah, I've been listening to your podcast. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I, he's like, I've been binge listening to all your episodes. And I was like, that's really cool. Nice. You know, because now someone in North Wales across the Atlantic is listening to our podcast. And then I went and looked at our analytics and our listenership had like doubled over just a couple days. And so I'm like, are, are we going to blow up in the UK? <laughs> a bit sad, isn't it? <laughs> I just I just the the thought of this statesman podcast of American history podcast, um, boy, like becoming huge in the UK is hilarious to me for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're not beaten over the head with US history growing up over there. Yeah, I guess that's true. We're just those silly and subordinate Americans <laughs> who wanted to wear their big boy pants a couple hundred years ago. But uh, yeah, so shout out to uh, Mike and Monica. Thanks for listening and supporting the show and sharing it over there in the good old UK and North Wales. British. It's Tuesday. A bottle of water. Water. <laughs> I, I'll tell you more about that. Silly accent. How dare you? <laughs> Have you heard some American accents? Yeah. Howdy, y'all. How's it going? Yeah. <laughs> I just, How'd you do? Yeah, I just... Yeah. Just to be fair. <laughs> playing an even field here. But anyway, yeah, thank you again for listening. We will continue on the rest of the month, like Ryan said, with some more Black History and some more states. So stay tuned. And we're going to play some Outer Wilds. Yeah, we are. Buckle up, buckaroo.